The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 196 of the podcast. Join me again today, as he does very often, from RedsMinorLeagues.com and from Red Leg Nation, our guy Doug Gray. How are you doing today, Doug? I'm pretty good. How about yourself, Chad? Oh, just uh, living the dream. The Reds hey, that, are amazing. They won today. Oh, they, just, won, they won in a comeback fashion, too. That's the best part. Oh, they were down 6-1. Yeah, it was it was it was great to listen to. I mean, I always prefer to watch the game, but uh, yeah, I, I always enjoy a comeback win. And I mean, even if it's spring training, it doesn't really matter. It feels a little bit better at the end of the day when you can look up and see that W on the board. Well, let me ask you this: They came back from a six-one deficit. So, am I analyzing this correctly in saying that this team is a juggernaut and probably could, can't be stopped this year? I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, I, I look at how things have gone today. And it seems like they're never going to lose again. So, yeah, I really don't think they're going to. Uh, they may, they may drop a game or two at some point. Yeah, but but really, like that's only just going to be to to show people that you know they have compassion in their hearts. That's all. <laughs> yes, that's that's why Brian Price loses games. Um, spring training is going on right now, and the Reds, when they're not winning games, uh, there's still a lot of interesting things to watch. And something that to me has been one of the more interesting things to watch this spring has been the pitching. That sort of was the number one, well, maybe not number one. I'd say Nick Senzel playing shortstop is the number one storyline for me. But for in terms of what the team has to sort out, some of these pitchers and who's going to be in the starting rotation is uh, is what we need to uh, really be paying attention to. And uh, I guess Brandon Finnegan pitched today first time. I think it was, it was they couldn't get a B game, right? So it was an inter-squad scrimmage, yeah. basically inter-squad game. Yeah, you know, he gave up a, a two-run home run, but uh, he, he said that he, he felt good. He was throwing uh, two of his three pitches. So, I mean, it, at this point, it, it's more just about him feeling fine after an outing. Obviously, you know, you'll you'll really have a better idea of how he feels tomorrow after he kind of comes back that next day. But uh, good good signs that he's actually back out on the mound and, you know, he was able to get through it unscathed uh, as far as, you know, injury goes. Uh, I mean – I don't think there was a big question with that because while he did have shoulder surgery, that was the surgery he had on his non-pitching shoulder. So I don't know, but it's good to see him back out there. No, I think absolutely. And to me, that's one of the, uh, you know, you don't want to make too much of what's happening early in spring, uh, certainly not uh, based on the statistics or based on uh, what you're seeing, except uh, I think there's reason to be hopeful by the fact that all these Reds pitchers who uh, had all the, the struggles with injury last year, uh, with the exception of one, Ricky Davis is still uh, behind schedule, but all the rest of them are pitching. They're all apparently healthy uh, coming into camp, and, and I'm talking about Finnegan. I'm talking about Homer Bailey. I'm talking about uh, Anthony DiSclefani. Um Amir Garrett was hurt last year. Uh, you know, it's to me, that's the part that gives you a little bit of optimism because, hey, these guys are healthy. DiSclefani, you know, through this week and looked pretty good. Been a while since we've seen that. 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I think that generally speaking, if everybody is healthy, the Reds rotation should be just a different level of better than we've seen the last couple of years. But they haven't been able to do that, and, and so it's, a big it, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's nice to see that. And I mean, yes, it's just March first, and we've we've been down this road before on March first and felt that things were looking okay, but. Um, I mean, it beats the alternative, Chad. It re- it really does because we've seen the alternative, and man, it was it was not fun to watch. <laughs> That's a fact, and it could go south in a hurry. We've seen that before with this club, unfortunately. But but right now, some of these guys that can really uh, help the Reds uh, staff advance over last year, uh, they're they're healthy, most of them. And that to me, that just after what we experienced last year, just seeing Anthony Discafani with his old stuff, basically. I mean, he's still getting into the season. He's only uh, they only thrown two innings, I guess, but just seeing him be able to do that and feel good, and uh, you know, Homer Bailey's throwing uh, well. I think he pitches again tomorrow um, or today, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, Amir Garrett, what about Amir Garrett? Yeah, you're looking good, yeah, huh? Talk about somebody that kind of came out kicking the door down. You know, last year you mentioned Amir was hurt. You know, it was. Early in the season, his hip started bothering him, and it didn't really get better until after the season, and he, he got treatment for it. Well, he so didn't he, he didn't tell anybody for a while during the season because you know he was he's a competitor and he was trying to he was trying to pitch through it, right? Yeah, and I mean you you get you get that from time to time. You know, guys think that they can sure. pitch through it and just you know suck it up and deal with it, and especially a guy that's trying to really cement a place on the roster. He feels like he has to go out there and perform, or he'll get behind. Yeah, and it, and unfortunately for Amir, it didn't work out for him. Um, but <laughs> he got his treatments in the offseason. He came out, and he absolutely dominated in his first outing. I mean, four strikeouts and two perfect innings. I mean, he was throwing 95 to 97 miles an hour, according to multiple reports. I mean, Amir didn't throw that hard last year at all. Right. And, I mean... <laughs> His quote that, I thought was interesting was it's it's you know fun to be able to go out and not worry about it when I land whether my hip's going to be killing me or that I can I can really throw now it make, and it really makes you uh, get a sense of how it affected his pitching last year. It it does I mean if you think about it going into spring training last year Amir Garrett was arguably the Reds' top pitching prospect in the entire organization and I mean fairly or unfairly he disappointed last year with his performance. Now we obviously know one of the reasons why that happened now. But, you know, it's it, it could be a big season for Amir Garrett and, and for all of these young pitchers, to be honest, because I think that by the end of this year, the Reds are going to have a better idea of who is going to be in the rotation moving forward. And maybe some of those guys that aren't are going to be they're going to be pushed into the bullpen with guys behind them coming up, kind of taking over that next in line for a rotation spot. And, and so it, it's a really big year for a guy like Amir who you know he kind of needs to establish what he's going to be moving forward. And, I mean, he's out to a great start so far. And granted, it's just one outing. But uh, Brian Price said that that was the best stuff that he's ever seen from Mary Garrett. Yeah. And so, I mean, if nothing else, he's showing things that he's never done before. And he did it in February. So hopefully he can build on that because if Mary Garrett's healthy and he's showing all the potential he's got, I mean, if if he doesn't make the rotation, that says a lot about how good the Reds pitching staff is actually going to be this year. We'll probably say it uh, five or six times here, and, and it's it's true. We don't need to make too much over a start or two in the spring, or, or you know, in, in really much of any performance, other than when you can see a guy's healthy and things like that. But you talked about uh, Amir Garrett sort of coming out like he's on a mission, and 
another one of the young pitchers, Cody Reed. There were some quotes from him before he started. Like, you know, I, I was I've not been mentioned in the uh, in the mix for that fifth starter spot. I want to come out and really prove that I should be in that. And you know, I'm still a big fan of Cody Reed, and I was really hopeful to do that. But man, he's looked pretty. And again, let's not make too much of uh, spring because uh, Brian Price says he, he's throwing a lot more strikes, and that's what they asked him to do. And he's working on some of his pitches, but he's not gotten the results certainly like he had hoped. He he's the one that wanted to come out like a house of fire and earn that spot, like Garrett has uh, has started. Um, where are we with Cody Reed? Where, where, where do you see the Reds going uh, with Cody Reed this year? That that that's a big question, Chad. Um, personally, I I think that he needs to go back to Triple A and just continue to work on whatever it is that he and the Reds are working on with him right now. As a starter, right? As, as a, well, I think that it all depends on what they want to do with everybody else. I, I, I think that the Reds are so deep right now that there's a chance that they could legitimately have five guys that are legitimate arms, not you know not your Vance Worleys out there or you know 30-year-old AAA veteran type guys, like five legitimate options that could be in the AAA rotation if everybody stays healthy, that maybe they don't have room for Cody Reed in the AAA rotation if he doesn't perform well enough. Yeah, maybe. Now, but, but, but if you put Cody Reed in the bullpen in AAA, his, his time as a starter is, is over forever. But um, if, if he's going to be 11th on the depth chart, Chad, does that really matter? Well, he's still an asset. Well, he is an asset, but you've only got so much room for so many guys as starters. I agree. I, I just hate to see a guy that – and maybe he, he'll never be a starter. But if they put him in the bullpen in AAA, the chances that he'll ever be a starter in the big leagues are, are essentially nil at that point. Um, well, and, sure. And and maybe, maybe hey, listen, the Reds know more than I do about it. Maybe that's where Cody Reed's future is, and uh, you know I can see him being a shutdown left-handed reliever. But I'm just—he's so young. I'm not ready to give up yet. Uh, and I don't think the Reds are either. But you're right. Hey, that best case scenario—that's a—it's never a bad thing to have too many solid pitchers, right? No, it, it, it's definitely not, as we've seen the past couple of seasons, unfortunately. You can never have enough starting pitching. Um, they <laughs> they could have used a lot of starting pitching last year, and they didn't have very much of it. So, But Reed, you know, that's a, he's one to sort of watch. He's not started out well. Price has been very complimentary, as I said. Uh, I look forward to watching uh, Amir Garrett more, because if he can really continue to continue to put up the performances he has so far he's got to be in that mix the other guy who's really come out looking awfully good early is a guy that's just he's this, this might be my favorite of all the young guys even though he doesn't wow any scouts anywhere and that's tyler Malley. you know he's he's he just keeps getting hitters out i don't care who where he's playing what team he's playing for who he's playing against this kid just has always gotten hitters out i love this kid i want him in the opening day rotation yeah i, I don't think he's gonna make the opening day rotation i, I don't I either think but that- I'd I think the Reds can it. manipulate that service time a little bit, get that extra time out of him. And, it, you know, and it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, he's going to have to beat out Sauermano, Robert Stevenson, Michael Lorenz. And I mean, there, there's legitimate competition there. But, you know, Tyler Malley's uh, second appearance, that game was on television. So if you were if you were at home or you watched on your phone or you went back and watched it later, you got a chance to see him pitch. And, I mean, you're right. He was he was outstanding. You know, I, I always, I've always mentioned with Tyler that, you know, I, I'm not sure that I see a secondary put-away pitch from him. And, you know, a lot of guys that you your, your put-away pitch, it's, you know, one of your off-speed pitches, whether it's your change-up, slider, curveball, whatever. That's the pitch the guys go to to get hitters to strike out. I don't think Tyler has that pitch right now. But you know what he does do? And he does it better than just about anybody in, in baseball, and I, I, I'm including major leaguers here. He can do things with his fastball. I mean, he can throw it anywhere he wants in the strike zone. He changes, he changes speeds with it. 
He can he can make it cut. He can bring it across the plate. I mean, he can move the ball in any direction he wants to and put it where he wants. I, I think that the fastball can be his put-away pitch. And you, you, you can't really say that for a lot of guys. I mean, even guys that throw 100 miles an hour, they don't really use the fastball as the put-away pitch too often. I think that he's a guy that can do that because he can just – his fastball, it's four different pitches. And he can locate it all, or locate all of them wherever he wants to. I, I, I just think that it, it's a special pitch that, you know, when you look at it on, on the scouting report, the raw grade doesn't really work for that pitch because of all the different things he can do with it. And I, that, that's just the thing that I, I love so much about when I watch Tyler Malley pitch. It's just, it's it's something you don't see from other guys too often. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to say here. This is your lead pipe cinch guarantee. It's a lock. This is a guarantee. Write it down today. Tyler Malley is going to be better than Greg Maddox. I, I mean, I'm just telling you. You know, there, there can be no argument about that. It's it's obvious that it's going to be true. So he probably needs to be in the uh, starting rotation from day one and probably the number one starter. Um, I mean, if he's going to be better than Greg Maddox, I will agree with you there. Finally, you agree with some common sense. Well, there's a first time for everything, but don't get used to it. Oh, but. man. No, I, I, really, I think that uh, if he continues to just keep getting hitters out, uh, he's there's just not going to be able to keep him in triple a um and and independent on whether injuries you never know or i mean just knock on wood here no injuries to the pitching staff this spring please but i mean he he could still be on the opening day uh rotation um but i, I but i agree probably he's gonna be uh, all the other things being equal gonna be on the outside looking in but he'll be in cincinnati soon and for a long time Oh, what other young pitchers do we need to talk about here this spring? Michael Lorenzen got a little bit, uh, looked decent, uh, you know, early, and then uh, today got knocked around a little bit by the uh, the White Sox in that uh, huge come-from-behind victory for the Cincinnati Reds, the juggernaut Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Lorenzen is a guy that I've been wanting to see get a shot. We've talked about it on the podcast a number of times. We've talked about it at RedLegNation.com. I want to see him get a shot in the in the rotation for, for a couple reasons. Number one, he's got a live arm. Clearly, you know he's he's a talented pitcher, um, and he has you know been very explicit about his desire to be a starting pitcher. He's wanted to. So the Reds, I don't know if they're just giving lip service to it this year, but they're uh, you know they appear to be giving him an actual shot to win a spot in the uh, rotation. And and if they are giving him a legitimate shot. I'll say the same thing as I was saying before as to why they should have given him a shot was that what's the harm if he does, if he doesn't make the rotation he's still got a you know he's still got a pretty good reliever there so uh, you know today was a setback but uh, is there any chance I guess this is a question I'll ask you Doug is there any chance that Michael Lorenzen wins a spot in that rotation? I mean, there's a chance, but I think that it's very small yeah, and I would have too. said I would have said that before he went out and he struggled today. You know, I, I've been on the record saying that I, I think that they are just kind of giving him lip service as to really competing for a job in the rotation. I, I think that he would had to, he would have to significantly outperform both statistically and just look better, uh, you know, on the eye test than the other guys in order to get the job. Um, I, I think that he's been too far gone as a starting pitcher, um, and I think they just prefer him in the bullpen. I, I think that he profiles a little bit better there. I think the Reds believe that he profiles better there. So I, today was definitely a step back, and I, I think that if he has another I, – I, I don't want to say an outing as bad as he had today, but if he has another hiccup along the way, 
I, I think that they'll probably, I, I don't know. I, I think that they'll probably start looking at him more as a, uh, a relief option, even in spring training, you know, kind of maybe give some of those innings to one of the other guys that are, um, you know, vying for that starting position or uh, starting rotation spot, because, you know, as you get further in spring training, those starting innings, they're, they're harder to come by. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know whether they're paying lip service to it. I, I think that he, he had a legit chance to win a spot, but I think you're right that it was going to depend on him seriously outperforming everyone else in the, uh, in the mix. And, and even to an extent, the stats had to be there. You know, I, I, we always say don't look at the stats in the spring, but you know, you can tell how a guy's throwing. And I think even he had to have the is going to have to have the stats at the end of spring to sort of justify them taking a chance. It's outside the box a little bit. You don't see it that that often these days. Earl Weaver used to do stuff like that, bring bring a guy up as a reliever and then transition him to the uh, to the rotation. Uh, you know, I, I hope they're giving him a legit shot. I don't. I think it's. I agree. It's probably slim, slim chance he's going to make it. But if he could make it, that's why I said there's no, no harm in trying. If he could make it, that's another young, live arm that's in the mix, uh, and, and and it gives you just a, at least a, a percentage more uh, higher chance of putting together a really solid rotation the next few years. So I don't know. What other? Uh, we've talked about Finnegan. We've talked about Garrett, Lorenzen, Reed, Miley. What other young pitchers are we forgetting? Uh, Sal Romano's gotten off to a strong oh, yeah. start. He has. Sal Romano. Uh, that's mean, the guy that's probably in the driver's seat for that fifth, fifth rotation spot, don't you think? I, I, I think so. I, I think that, you know, Brian Price mentioned uh, Sal Romano and Robert Stevenson were kind of in that first tier for that number five spot. Uh, with, with the start Sal's gotten out to, I think that he's probably slightly ahead. You know, he's given up two runs in 4.2 innings, although one of those one of those runs, should, it shouldn't really count against him. Um, apparently, Scott Shepard called off Philip Irvin the other day of a ball that Phil was pretty much stationed under, and then the ball hit the ground and no one touched yeah. it. So it wasn't an error, so it goes down as an earned run when it really shouldn't have been. Um, but, you know, Sal's look good according to all reports. He's got one walk, five strikeouts, and 4.2 innings. Uh, you, with what he did in the this, in this second half last year, you know, he performed well. So he's got he's got that track record to lean on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's looking, well, looking really good this spring, and, uh, you know, Probably the leader in the clubhouse for the uh, fifth spot. Not in the clubhouse yet, but probably the leader. But, you know, a lot of that's because of the fact that he was pretty doggone good as a rookie last year. Yeah, especially once he started trusting his changeup. I mean, once he really got into the mindset that I can throw my changeup to big leaguers, that's when everything changed last year for Salomano. You know, yeah. if, if you go back and you look at his game log, he really started trusting it in that ninth start of his. Mm-hmm. And he made, he made 16 starts last year. So look at the first eight starts versus the second eight starts. It's night and day. Like it, it, it looks like you're looking at a completely different pitcher. Oh, you know, I was, I was in the stands for his major league debut, and he was trying to throw the ball through the backstop. I mean, you know, to be was, fair, I think he did twice. I think so. Um, and uh, we were one section over. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. One section over from a huge group of his friends and family that were cheering his every move. And you know, with, he the, was, with the 27 Romano jerseys on. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was pumped up, and 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 later in the year, he sort of trust started trusting this stuff, and. Um, really, for a rookie, at, what twenty three years old last year, you know, you can't ask for a whole lot more. He was a roughly even uh, with the sort of rough start, a league average pitcher overall. So, uh, you know, he would have to really, to me, he would really have to something would have to go wrong for him to not uh, have the edge for that fifth spot again. If everybody stays healthy and everybody performs as we expect, um, 
but so then the question becomes, what do you do with Robert Stevenson? He's starting at AAA, I guess. If it were up to me, absolutely. If assuming that he doesn't win the fifth starter spot, uh, but you know, we saw last year what they did with Robert Stevenson, and they put him in the bullpen. Now, will they do that again? I don't know. I feel that you know, it, it's at one point last year, Dick Williams kind of had to step in and, and make the decision for Brian Price. Yeah, because it felt like Brian Price just wasn't going to use him on any sort of regular basis in the bullpen, and that drastically affected his performance. Yeah, he sat out there for a week and a half at one point. Uh, yeah, so smoking you know, cigarettes I, in the bullpen—what was that all about? <laughs> well, no, I don't want to go that far, that. No, but maybe. but no, I I think that the Reds would would send him back to AAA and, and work as a starter if if you know it comes down to him either going to the bullpen where you don't know if you're going to use him or not, or, you know, getting him regular work just in case something does happen. It, he could be one of the guys you get to choose from to come up and, you know, take over a spot in the rotation if you need it. Yeah. And you will need it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, rare it, that you don't. It, it's almost inve- inevitable. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I think us as Red fans get a little bit spoiled because we did have 161 out of 162 a couple of years ago, right. all from five starters. But that that's just an unrealistic expectation for any any Major League Baseball team. It is. Um, now, what I found interesting with Stevenson, and I'll, I'll, I'll make a, a I'll try and make this short, is that he didn't pitch any sort of live batting practice or anything before he went into his first game. That's weird to me. Now. He had some sort of like something was going on with his neck. He slept on it funny or it was t- something weird was going on there. And so he didn't get to throw like live batting practice to anybody before he went out and pitched in a game. And I found that a little bit strange. Um, I don't know. I, I I just get this weird feeling with how Robert Stevenson's been treated by Brian Price. And I, I'm not saying that he's doing anything on purpose. It might just all be weird co- coincidence. But I, I did find that a little bit strange. Yeah, it, that comes back to something else that uh, is going to be another running storyline this year, which is Brian Price. And um, how does the fact that he's clearly, everyone knows he's managing for his job, how does that affect the way he handles the roster? Uh, you know, I, I think of a guy like Jesse Winker, who are all, he, he's got to get 550 at-bats this year uh, to me. 500, give me 500, I'll take that. You know, how does the fact that he's a r- rookie still and, uh Shebler and uh, Duvall hit over 30 home runs last year. How does Brian Price in his head manage all that playing time? And uh, I worry, uh, worry's not the right word, but I'm keeping an eye on whether he manages this team differently because he thinks he has to um, sort of win now, which I guess he kind of does to to save his job versus, you know, bringing along a guy like Stevenson that if he can figure it out, can be a guy for the next five, six years that can really help the team. So that's, that's, to me, that's one of the, that may be the biggest storyline as the season starts. Agree? Disagree? No? Yeah, I mean... Have I bored you to No, I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to respond with yeah. that. But No, I agree. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame Brian Price for it because in his mind, I mean, he's yeah. he's got he's got one year to make or break his next step, whether it's going to be with the Reds or with somebody else. And if you think somebody else gives him a better sh- chance than Robert Stevenson uh, today in this game, you know, on April 12th or something, he's probably going to go with the other guy. And, uh, I, you know, you can't hardly argue with that. And I'll tell you this, though, and I've said it before, and I'm going to probably say it all the way up until opening day. I'm sort of being open-minded about Brian Price. I think he's got some – he's done some good things. I think that he's been sort of – hard with uh, a lot of things that weren't really his fault. Uh, he's been put behind the eight ball a little bit as a manager. He's done some things that are, are worth worthy of criticism. But my opinion, 
of a Brian Price is probably going to be cemented on opening day by where, whether they're in the order and where in the order Jesse Winker and Billy Hamilton are. If Billy Hamilton's leading off on opening day, and Billy's my favorite player, I love him to death. He needs to be batting eighth or ninth. If Billy Hamilton is leading off, and if Jesse Winker is either not in the lineup or not hitting up at the top uh, while Billy Hamilton is, then I'm probably done with Brian Price. That'll probably be the uh, the last straw. Is that unreasonable? Uh, I don't think it's unreasonable, but I, at the same time, I, I think that um, – I mean, personally, I already – I have a good feeling that – you uh, you already know what's going to happen. I do. Am, I'm I, am I right? So. I'm afraid so, yeah. No. I think that uh, Winker's going to be on the bench on opening day, and Billy Hamlin's going to be leading off. And that'd be it. I'm, I'll be done with Price at that point. I probably already I mean, should be done. Everybody, a lot of it, a lot of uh, Reds fans are, but... I mean, it was earlier earlier last week, Brian Price mentioned that, you know, the lineup isn't set, and he doesn't really know who's going to hit where. And I just couldn't figure out what that comment meant because Jesse Winker is the only guy coming into the lineup that didn't play all of last year. Like, who are you expecting to change and be a drastically different person than what they were last year? Well, if if you're being optimistic, if you're sitting here uh, talking about it and be, trying to be optimistic, you could say, well, you know, Billy uh, Brian Price has to manage these uh, personalities in the clubhouse, and he's trying to ease Billy Hamilton into the idea that he's not a leadoff hitter because Hamilton said straight out, "I want to be a leadoff hitter." So, you well, know, I want to be I want to be married to Anna Kendrick, too. But, you know, I, I also understand my limitations. Exactly. But the manager's got to uh, manage these guys. He's still got to have Billy Hamilton. You know, he's still got to have him fully engaged. And uh, that's that's my hope is that he's just trying to sort of ease him into this. And by saying that Billy, he's not sure if Billy Hamilton's going to lead off because he did say that he's not sure who his leadoff hitter is going to be. Maybe if we're early in the spring. You know, I'm trying to be charitable here uh, towards Brian Price right now. But I'm telling you, if Billy Hamlin's leading off on opening day, then it shows that either Brian Price does not understand what it takes to score runs, does not understand lineup construction, does not understand how important it is to have uh, table setters at the top of the order, or it means that uh, the Reds baseball ops guys are, haven't stepped in to, to force his hand because that will be as much a failure of the front office, frankly, as it would be Brian Price's if they permit that to happen in a year where everyone's talking about we've got to uh, start winning more because you know Joey Votto's been very vocal and uh, General Manager Dick Williams has said hey you know he's right we got you know we don't, we're, we we got to start turning it around at some point so uh, that that's just going to signal to me it's going to be deflating uh, on opening day if if Billy Hamilton's leading off oh I hate saying that because I love I love the guy but but at the same time you want the Reds to win too and that just it just makes sense that. It would probably be better for the Reds scoring runs if he weren't leading off. Yeah, and you know I can, you can justify having him in the lineup. He's good yeah, defensively. It, and, well, I mean, let's be real. It, I there, I don't think there's an argument. There's a better center fielder on the team right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I that's not to say that I think that Billy Hamilton's some great overall center fielder. I think that he's clearly outstanding defensively, but overall, I think there's a lot of better center fielders in the, in the Major League Baseball. But in in the Major League Baseball, I, I'm really good with words, guys. <laughs> let me tell you. But, but none of those guys play for the Reds, guys. right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very clear that he's the best option. So in the lineup, yes. At the top of the lineup, oh, please no. Please, please no. It's going to happen, though, isn't it? I, I think it will. I, unfortunately, I, I think that it will happen. Am I being overly dramatic by saying that, you know, that's going to be the, the moment where I'm just uh, – apathy may even start to set in. 
I, we we all have our breaking point, Chad. If that's yours, I've seen worse. So, <laughs> so let's go with let's go with no on that one. That yeah. that that's not too bad for you. Well, we'll see. And I hate to sound like I'm criticizing Billy Hamilton. It's just at this point, Billy Hamilton is what Billy Hamilton is, and and I love the things he does that help the team. Getting on base in front of Joey Votto is not one of those things. Uh, what else quickly about spring? Um, you know, I'm going to sort of use this as a, a transition to talk about something that's going on in spring and also transition into, I understand you know a thing or two, you sort of follow the Reds minor league system. And uh, I think MLB.com uh, pipeline came out with their top 30 Reds prospects this week. And at the top of the list is a guy that, oh, just I mentioned him earlier, but Nick Senzel is, you know, by all reports, handling shortstop, fine. You know, uh, I don't think you and I have spoken about this because Jason Linden and I did it, and we're just sort of giddy over the uh, the idea that Nick Senzel could play shortstop because then if, if when he finally gets to the big leagues, Billy Hamilton is your only real sinkhole in the lineup, and that just changes the way the lineup looks to me. Um, am, am I getting uh, – what, what do you think? Can Senzel stick at shortstop based on what you've heard and seen? I have no idea, and pretty much anybody that I've talked to also still has no idea. Yeah, still learning. I mean, there, there's just there's. I mean, realistically, I mean, even the people that are out in Goodyear, I mean, they've seen him take batting practice ground balls and guys hitting him ground balls, and in games he's taken what four, yeah, four ground balls in the games. I mean, you know, you, you hear people say, well, you can make up for his range by shifting and. You know, and that you know that helps. That does help a little bit. You know, we've got better information now than we've ever had before on the tendencies of where guys hit the baseball. Uh, but that that's only a part of it. Um, you know, sometimes guys don't hit it exactly where they're expected to hit it. And so, I I think the biggest thing for Nick is going to be just getting comfortable there. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that in, in enough time for you know to start April and look like he's ready to just handle shortstop every day in the major leagues. You know, that's probably yeah. going to be something to go down to AAA and work on. Well, there's your justification um, to send him down. Uh, ab- absolutely. I mean, in, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it, it's it's unlikely that he would be ready either way. But even if he is, the Reds can pull the whole yeah. Cubs and Chris Bryant thing and be like, oh, well, he needs to work on his defense and then bring him up, but, you know, two weeks later if he's just totally ready. But that's but, legitimate, though. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot more legitimate in this situation yeah. than when Chris Bryant – OPS 1600 and they're like, Oh, he needs to work on his defense down at AAA, And they brought him up 11 days later. Yeah. But, um, yeah. He'll need, he'll need actual game action, but, uh, but, you know, but you, you and Jason are both right. If, if he can play shortstop, even to the point where he's just not the worst defensive shortstop in baseball, it changes not just the Reds lineup. I think that it, it kind of changes the Reds future a little bit. It changes the way I look at the whole rebuild. It, it really does. I mean, it, you basically went from having, an outstanding prospect in Nick Senzel to arguably having the best prospect in baseball in Nick Senzel. Yeah. And I, that, that, that's just from having the value a, there is huge because from, one, it answers a question that the organization has a problem with right now. Yeah. And with all due respect to Jose Peraza, he's not going to be as good as Nick Senzel. If Nick Senzel can play at shortstop. He's yeah. just not, there's, there's no way. Well, to me, it looks like you're going from a uh, well, Nick Senzel ceiling as a, a sort of an all-star third baseman to possibly an MVP candidate. At shortstop, if he's even average with the glove, um, absolutely. I mean, if you if you give him an average glove, you're talking about a guy who can hit 290 with you know 60 extra base hits. Yeah, who's going to get on base you know 38 percent of the time? I mean, that's those guys. There, there's two of those guys in baseball. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> so it's exciting, and I'm gonna. That's something we're probably going to talk about every single podcast until it's determined that he can't play shortstop because it just has such huge implications for well. 
this rebuilding process. Well, let's just hope that we talk about it for the next 20 years then, because oh, you did say until he can't play shortstop anymore. <laughs> exactly. So. Now you're talking. Uh, let's, let's run through a few of these uh, minor league guys. Uh, just, uh, you know, minor league camp starting. Or has started, I guess. The guys well, are the pitchers, the pitchers and catchers reported yesterday, right. or well, maybe two days ago, depending on when you're listening to this. But yes, Our, this uh, MLB pipeline top thirty. I know you're the you're the rankings guy, so I trust yours way more. Uh, do you find it as completely outrageous? I mean, I'm like, I'm on my soapbox here. Completely outrageous that Nick Hansen is ranked twenty eighth. Let me ask you this: why why are why do you think that it's completely outrageous? Because <laughs> I never heard of Nick Hansen. Oh, okay. Well, he was the Reds' third-round pick two years ago. Um, big, strong-arm guy, could throw in the upper 90s. Had Tommy John surgery missed all of last year. I try to make so, a joke, and you've got all these facts and figures to throw out at me. That's why I love having you on, Doug. I, I'm, I'm too literal, Chad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, right. can't, I can't help it. I got all this information. I just want to give it to everybody. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, 27th, Jose Lopez. That seems low to me. That seemed low to me, too. And I, 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 the argument you can make, I guess, is that Jose Lopez doesn't have that huge upside. He's kind of more of a, a, a number, good number four, solid number three kind of upside guy. But, yeah, was, it felt a little bit low to me because he's on the verge of the major leagues right now. I don't know anything, but I saw that guy throw the other day. Didn't he pitch in a game the other day? And, and Yeah, uh, he, and it, he looked great. Yeah, I mean, he just looked like he had some stuff. And, uh, again, what do I know? But that was uh, – Yeah, I mean, he he's a four-pitch guy and, uh, you know, one of the scouts I – uh, talked to after his one of the starts I saw him make last year in Pensacola. Yeah, he called it his fastball the invisible because he hides it so well. And I mean, he's only throwing it 92, 95 miles an hour, so it's not like overpowering, but it plays up so much better than it, you know the velocity suggests because you, know, you you can't see it until after he's released the ball. How close is he to the big leagues? I I mean, realistically, I think he could probably be a number five starter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you want him to come in and be a little bit better than that, he's probably going to need some time in AAA. He's never made a start in AAA, but yeah. he's a guy. He throws, he throws lots of strikes. He's got four pitches. I mean, there's 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 plenty to like there. Guy in his first spring training in the Cincinnati Reds organization, uh, one of my good buddies, the number two prospect, uh, Hunter Green. Uh, what you know? What what's a what do we look for out of Hunter Green this year? He's still like what fourteen years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean Hunter's going to be eighteen years old all all of this baseball season. I mean, realistically, all that I'm looking for is just that he gets through the season healthy. Yeah. I, I mean, that that that's realistically all I want to see. Obviously, you'd like to see the numbers backed up with performance, but with the the, the, the sheer amount of talent he's got at his age, I just want to see him get through the entire season without getting hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I look at this, uh, this list here, and I look at the top uh, seven guys, and what excites me is, of course, the Reds were ranked as the eighth best uh, farm system in all of baseball, which and I think that's probably uh, probably fair, which is pretty good. But I look at uh, one, two, three, four of the top seven guys could conceivably have a Reds jersey on at some point this year. Um, I'm talking about Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker, Tyler Malley, and I think Shed Long, uh, you know, uh, even if it's just a September call up because he's on the 40 man now right yes he is so you know uh, we're, are we starting to see the fruits of some of this uh, draft and develop uh, start to finally filter into the big league uh, roster and is it as it should should i be as excited as i am about it well i mean i can't accurately judge how excited you are but oh, i think that, well then yes yeah, so i think i think that i think we're all on the right page then uh, you know we've we've started to see the pitching over the last couple of years kind of filter its way into you know, mixed results. 
But I, I think the position guys are mm-hmm. the ones that are they're, they're kind of getting there. They're on the verge right now of us starting to really see some of the the difference makers. I mean, Jesse Winker and Nick Senzel are probably both going to be up in the first half with the Reds at some point. I mean, Jesse Winker is going to be. We know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, and Senzel you know, so, probably will be. Yeah, probably will be. I mean, if, if not, that's a good thing for the Reds because that means everybody's performing very well. Right, yeah. Because it, it seems that there's multiple options for where you could conceivably put Nick Senzel. So, um, and then, you know, I, I think you're right. Shedlong, probably a guy you you may see him in the second half. September's probably more likely. I think he's going to mm-hmm. head back to double A this year. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're finally starting to see some of these position players get up there and be on the verge of helping the major league team. Whereas over the past couple of years, it's kind of just been the pitchers that we've been looking forward to. Sure. And, you know, shed long, if he has another good year uh, this year, I think you're right. He probably does start at double a Pensacola, but I think he'll be at Louisville uh, at some point. You would think again, presuming good health and continued production. Um, and he's a guy that I see maybe getting that September call up, but uh, then you move into 2019 and he's a guy that starts to be in the mix. Is he, you know, uh, can he be counted on to take over at second base at some point? So, these guys starting to filter through is, you know, I don't want Brian Price to screw it up <laughs> because there's so many reasons to be optimistic. And when he hits Billy Hampton first, I'm just going to – RedLegNation.com is going to become a Red Sox blog. <laughs> RedSoxNation.com. Well, I'll just let you know right now I will not be writing about the Red Sox. So oh, if you do on. make that change, you're going to have to find somebody else to write on Wednesday mornings. <laughs> All right, well – how about Wednesdays so, we talk about the Reds and every other day? So just th- th- just know that's my threat. So. <laughs> well, I can't uh, I can't uh, take you up on that one, but I don't know. But anyway, that's exciting to me, you know. And some of these other guys, you know, uh, top ten Jose series there. Um, Tyler Stevenson's a guy that I'm excited to see if he can stay healthy. But uh, uh, Aristides Aquino, who is he? Is he the guy we saw you know, last year? Or the guy we saw the year before? What do you think? Any, any opinion on that? I think he's probably a guy that's kind of in between both of those. I, you know, the, the power is absolutely real. The arm is real, although I think it does get overrated a little bit just because he had something insane like 28 assists two years ago. And it's, it, his arm's not that good. It's a very good arm. It's not that good. But I, I think he's a better hitter than he showed last year. But I, I, I definitely think there are reasons to be concerned that maybe he's a guy who, you know, isn't isn't going to be a major league quality hitter. So you know whether he can start it or not, it, it, that that's kind of a question because I'm not sure he's going to hit enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens to all these guys uh, this spring as they're all reporting, uh, beginning to report uh, the minor league guys, and then some of these other guys that we've talked about are, are here and you know on the verge. It's exciting. It, it can be a very exciting time to be a Reds fan if things uh, you know go go well this year. It, this could be a fun year. Uh, going to wrap it up. Right about there, Doug, but I'm going to, uh, I didn't, again, I forgot to uh, remind you. So uh, we're going to do a quick, very quick movie review here. I'll go ahead and do mine first. Let me look and see which recent movie I've seen uh, that I want to recommend. Ah, here we go. The Florida Project. The Florida Project, um, for those of you that haven't heard, it's by a director named Sean Baker. His first movie, um, I don't think I recommended this on the uh, the last time we were together, but his first movie he directed or filmed it entirely with an iPhone. And it was just a, it was called Tangerine. It was it's a, sort of a bizarre movie, but it was, but it was good enough. The Florida project is uh, basically follows uh, these two kids, two or three kids. It's uh, at times friends living in Florida. They're living in this sort of long-term uh, hotel colored purple uh, just outside of 
Disney World in uh, in Orlando, and it's called the Magic Castle, but it's no affiliation with Disney World. It's just these people. It's a, sort of a slice of life of these, you know, uh, single mom, and it's just a uh, just crazy. And then and, and then it's about the guy Willem Dafoe plays the guy that runs the place, and he of course got an Oscar nomination for it, and uh, how he's trying to be a father figure in some ways, how he's trying to keep everybody's lives together, and uh, just an absolute. Absolutely fantastic movie. I give it four and a half stars out of five. And uh, really thought it should have been nominated for Best Picture. I was a little surprised it wasn't. Just It was that good. So, The Florida Project, starring Willem Dafoe. You got something for us, Doug? Unfortunately, I do not. Uh, oh. Baseball season started, Chad. I, I don't I don't have time to watch anything right now. Well, I, I watched just, that. I don't. I watched that one the week before spring training, okay. before pitchers and catchers reported. So, I've been hanging on to that one. So, next time, you better uh, better get one for us. I'll, I'll try and squeeze in a movie some, some one of these days, so yeah, I'll be more prepared next time. Doug, it's baseball season. Forget the movies. I, I agree completely. <laughs> it, it is baseball season. It's much better than watching movies. Hey, uh, one thing I did want to mention to you, uh, I thought you might be proud of me because I subscribed to uh, ML, MILB.TV this year. What do you think about that, uh, Doug Gray? I, I want to clap for you, but I don't want to hurt everybody's ears. It's, it's the best $50 that I spend every year, although I'm guessing that you added it on to your – MLB.TV subscription. Yeah, so they had, much cheaper than that. They had that package where some, I can't remember what it was, $20, $25 uh, to add it on to your MLB.TV. And uh, I said, ah, yeah, that's definitely worth that. So if only so I can watch Nick Senzel earlier this year and pretend he's wearing a Reds uniform. You don't have to squint too hard. That's true. That's true. All right, Doug, anything else uh, we need to talk about? I, I think we did a pretty good job cramming all of this stuff into about 40 minutes for everybody. So That's right. So, uh, Doug, appreciate you joining us again. Doug's uh, obviously at RedsMinorLeagues.com. You can read about the Reds Minor Leagues, strangely as that sounds. Uh, Doug's also at DougDirt24 on Twitter. You can find him at Red Leg Nation every Wednesday morning as he looks at the minor leaguers and what's going on in the minor league camp right now. You can find me on Twitter at DotsonC. We're at Red Leg Nation on Twitter and then RedLegNation.com where we've been following the Reds. The ins and outs every single day, practically since 2005, which is which is hard to believe. Uh, thanks again for listening to the podcast. As I say, just about every time, I know you could be doing anything with your time, and you're spending it listening to us just talk nonsense about this crazy team that's so frustrating. Don't bat him lead off by Brian Price. But you, you chose to spend it with us, and I do appreciate that. Tell your friends if you like us. If you don't like us, as I always say, keep your mouth shut. Give us a rating, review, iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And uh, and, and subscribe, if you wouldn't, tell your friends about it. All right, Doug, I think I've run through all the uh, particulars. Appreciate you joining me again, buddy. Not a problem. Always fun to be on. Yeah, we'll talk again really soon. For Doug Gray, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.